the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today as we are each and every day on Southern California Live from 3 to 5 p.m. We look at today's issues in the news and around the country and in the church. Anywhere there are issues, where there are always issues, we look at those things from a Christian and biblical perspective perspective. And in just a minute, we're going to be joined by Pastor Jack Hibbs to talk about some very important matters that voters need to understand in the upcoming election. When is the midterm election, you might ask? Well, if you look at a calendar, it might tell you it's November 8th, but it's not. The midterm election begins October 10th, less than two weeks from today. Two weeks from yesterday is the election. The reason why is that you're going to get your ballot in the mail and early voting begins October 10th. You will be able to vote in person or mail in your ballot beginning then. And so it's important that right now we understand what the issues are. It's important that right now we realize that this election is actually just two weeks away, that people will be voting. And one of the things that happens, this happens in any election, is that people who are running for office or people who are promoting different things that are propositions on the ballot, for example, they will promote them with a certain spin that often is very inaccurate or designed to fool you into voting one way or another. There's a lot of different ways that happens. And early voting makes it even worse because you don't often hear both sides of an argument until late October. And by then you've already voted. Maybe half the audience has already voted. Well, we don't want to do that. We want to be on the ball. And this is very important where we have some very important issues on the ballot. Proposition one is being presented as an amendment to the California Constitution that would simply codify California's current laws related to abortion. But this is not correct. That's what's being said. It is not correct. It's a big deal. We want you to understand what Proposition 1 actually does. And with me to help explain this is Pastor Jack Hibbs. Jack Hibbs is the senior and founding pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and the host of Real Life Radio. Pastor Jack, thanks for joining us today on Southern California Live. Listen, Scott, thanks for having me, and I want to commend you for your boldness, because uh, this particular uh, effort to stop Prop 1 has struck a nerve, and um, so I'm grateful for you. Well, thank you, Jack. I'm thankful for what you're doing. Hey, Jack, help us understand this, because in some way, this is not your typical pro-life versus pro-choice argument, is it? No, it's not, Scott. And as I'm going to explain it right now, there is a high probability of your listeners not believing it. So Mm. I'm going to say that up front right now. And how do I know this? Because the more pastors I talk to, the greater reach that we have in California. In fact, I, I was late getting to you a moment ago because I was just on a national broadcast regarding Prop 1, and they can't believe it. And here it is. Yeah that Gavin Newsom and his uh, Democrat majority in Sacramento, they anticipated the Roe v. Wade being overturned, and they were not going to wait around and, and get caught off guard. So what they did is they crafted quite a while ago, Scott, 
what is now known as Proposition 1. So in other words, they were gearing up to enshrine uh, this act. And I'm, I'm not even calling it abortion. It's abortion plus. How about that? Abortion plus. Yeah, because. I think people need to understand, right, that they're what they're saying is they're just codifying existing law, but that's not true. You're exactly correct. This is what it is. It's abortion, uh, not only up until birth, but it's also known as birthday abortion. You say, what does that mean? On the day of the baby's birth, the baby can still be denied life. And here's what they've learned. And you, you may remember this. In AB 2223, mm-hmm. uh, the Democrat legislature got busted in Sacramento. I led 3,000 people at the steps there uh, making this public that um, perinatal. This particular abortion, this stuff, perinatal, means infanticide. And the Democrat Party told us, no, it doesn't. Right. Well, lo and behold, it did. Well, they got too much in the details, Scott, in 2223. So what they did with Prop 1, now the devil is not in the details. They've left it very vague so that the mother can decide to exterminate the child's life even after birth. Here it comes, everybody. Listen for it. And this Proposition 1, if passed, ties the hands of law enforcement. There can be no investigation, and there, can, and there does not have to be a coroner's report filed if a child is found dead seven days after birth, 12 days after birth, three hours after birth. There's no accountability whatsoever. It is literally hard to believe. No state in our nation's history has ever had the gall to do what Newsom and his people are doing now with Prop 1. It is, uh, you know, you talk about it being hard to believe, and one of the things that we've done here on our program is we wanted to let people know, and I'll send it to you if you want to send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. There are medical journal writings about post-abortion, post-birth abortion, okay? There is the idea that basically any any child that is, any reason for abortion before birth is the same reasons still apply even after birth up to, you know, 30 days or something, uh, maybe even longer. This is not some weird fringe internet group of people. This is actually discussed in medical journals, and I can send you those articles if you want. Prop 1, how does Prop 1 in enshrine late-term abortions like you're describing um, because they're saying it doesn't. They're saying it just codifies existing California law. Existing California law says that once the child is viable, which is around 24 weeks, a late-term abortion cannot be done except for life of the mother or extreme circumstances. Yeah, so Scott, you know this well. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, did it change the abortion laws of California? Not at it all. It did not. Not at all. Roe v. Wade had nothing to do didn't apply in California because we are a state that was already wired that way. So what's going on right now is the question should be asked by every thinking Californian. Why, why codify, why amend the state constitution and enshrine forever abortion to the extreme, abortion plus, birthday abortion? Why? What's the deal? What's going on? What is the agenda? And so just yesterday, I think, correct me, Scott, if I'm wrong, I've been traveling, Uh, but I think yesterday Newsom signed something like 11 or 12 uh, bills into law that um, all have to do with abortion and uh, 
what they call predict, per, productive rights. That's right, right? reproductive Productive rights. There were 12, 12 or 13, Reproduc- I think, yesterday. Yeah, doesn't that sound nice, reproductive rights? Gee, who's, who's, not, who's not for reproductive rights? Right. Well, for crying out loud, it means anything but that. That's what Californians need to wake up about, and I'm afraid, Scott, that they just don't see it. I don't know what our problem is, but the, the words and the crafting of these bills, and it's going to appear on the ballot where, oh, that's nice. Maybe I should vote yes on that, when in reality, you are actually doing the opposite of a biblical worldview. God says, speak up for those who have no voice to those who are destined to be crushed. I mean, think of that. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1 says, Woe unto those who craft uh, laws that bring mayhem upon the people. This is it. So the only thing that we can do, Scott, is what you and I need to shout from the rooftop, Vote no on Prop 1. Go to StopProp1.com. StopProp1.com. Find out everything you can. Tell your friends. Show them videos. But this is something where if pastors and Christians don't get with it and, and, and do righteousness now regarding this, you said it nine days away, ten days away, we're going to start voting. That's right. My goodness, Scott, if we lose this opportunity to do righteousness, I fear, with Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson said, I fear that the wrath of God will not sleep forever. I don't know what's going to happen if pastors don't speak up from every pulpit in this state regarding Prop 1. I think people need to understand the truth, including pastors who, you know, when it's being presented as we're just codifying California law, which is what's typically presented, you feel like, well, we're We're not going to win this vote and it won't really change anything. But I think people need to understand that there are a lot of things that this implicates. But the biggest thing is, in fact, most Californians actually don't agree with what's being proposed. Up to 80 percent of Californians, even pro-choice liberal Democrats, do not agree with late-term abortions. (laughs) They do not agree. They think that that is the evil. I mean, people will – we have agreement actually in the state and what I think is happening, right, is that they're pushing something on our state and pretending they're not doing that, but they are, something that we would not vote for if it was clear. Well, Scott, thank you very much, because you just quoted our own Rasmussen poll that we did not too long ago. And you're right, just over 79% of uh, voters, that's Democrat that's or Republican, right. now remember you got to remember, in California, 79% of the voter is heavily Democrat. That's correct. The Democrats, the voting Democrat uh, citizens said, wait a minute, that's too far. Prop 1 is too extreme. When it was explained to them in the Rasmussen poll that we commissioned, 79% of California voters said, no way. That's right. And I think that's something for, for churches or people who are in favor of life, to be able to say, even to their, their pro-choice friends, to say, hey, this is not about legalizing abortion. This is about ending the life of children in the last trimester up to the point of birth. And you're not for that, are you? Like, where do we—I think it's an opportunity for us to say, where are we going to draw this line? Isn't this a place we can all agree to draw the line? And I, I think that's a big deal for our state right now, and we need to know that's what this is about. Well, Scott, again, I so appreciate you, because think of the jurisdiction of your broadcast right now. Think of the reach yeah. that your show has, and, and Los Angeles is one of the epicenters, supposedly, 
of the big Democrat vote, right? You've got right. you've got San Francisco, you've got Oakland, you've got uh, San Diego, you've got Los Angeles, which is massive. So here's the deal. If, if a Democrat's listening right now, or if somebody knows a Democrat, you've got to bring this up to them about Prop 1. And you've got to ask them, it's okay, if you want to be a Democrat, it's a free country. But do you think this is right? Do you think that killing a baby at the time of birth is acceptable? And then not only, not only that, but to then make it the law. Mm-hmm. Are you really okay with that? And if people go and vote, if they just go out and vote one issue, and it's this one, Hey, we'll take it. I think God might I think God might show mercy. I think God might step in. I think God always moves with a few, but this is something where we've got a benefit, as you so rightly pointed out, nearly eighty percent of people think it's wrong. Here's my passion, Scott. Will you please people go and vote? Will you register to vote? Will you go and vote? Will you start voting now? And here's the deal. People are saying, Scott, to me, Pastor Jack, I'm with you all the way, but the cheat is so big in California, my vote won't count. Well, guess what? Let's say it is. I'm not going to say it is, but let's just say it is. If everybody got out and voted, no matter how big the cheat would be, they can't stop when the vote is that big. That's right. If, if everybody did the right thing by voting, there is nobody that can cheat enough to pull it off. That's right. We would win, righteousness would prevail, babies would be saved, and God might smile once again, maybe, on California if we did the right thing. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Pastor Jack Hibbs. We're talking about Proposition 1. Proposition 1 is being presented as an amendment to the California Constitution that would simply codify California's current laws related to abortion, but this is not true. It, and uh, many newspapers, and we, we've talked about people on the left and people who might normally vote in favor of abortion candidates, that they are even asking questions. Why didn't you include these restrictions on late-term abortions, on viability, on things that are already in liberal California left-wing law? Why, why do you think those things, Jack, were not included? It seemed like a simple thing to do, an easy argument to make. Oh, we're just codifying current law. Why did they leave it out? I think they left it out because they've got an agenda that uh, is is one that, for them, vagueness is power because they have such a stronghold on these positions of power that they have figured in their minds that for them to enshrine this, they don't want people to find out about it. They don't want people to know about it. And so well, let's make it as vague as possible because we already know how we're going to interpret this. And we'll, we'll spin it to the people as though it's palatable and it's just, and it's just codifying our present day laws. When in reality, that's not true. And you said it right. They are lying and they do not, they're, look, they're banking on you not questioning their statement. They're banking on you trusting them. And if we look under the hood, we're going to find out that it's rat infested and something's got to be done about it. So this is a tremendous, it's, it's not just politics in California. Um, it's almost as a, a sleight of hand, a magician's act is what we're looking at in the presentation of Prop 1. Yeah, and, you know, I, I went to the, to the yes side and check, checked it out to see if they even address it. And they do have one statement about it. Current law mentions time constraints for an abortion. This is what they say, but Prop, Prop 1 does not. Why? And 
this is what they say. They say that viability, which is what the state law says. Now, if you look anywhere, anywhere in California law, anywhere what people say, viability is 24 weeks. It's, it's very well established. They say it's yeah. very complex. It's different for each pregnancy. It's best to be evaluated in the context of a trusted relationship, parent mm-hmm. and clinician. And then they say we must all work to combat misinformation and disinformation about reproductive health care, not abortion, because I don't want to say that word. Uh, statements about, and then they say, abortion until birth are unscientific and crafted to polarize and politicize the conversation about abortion. What people need to understand is this is abortion up until birth. That's exactly what it is. It's not convoluted. It's not complex. That's what this is. Yeah, it's amazing. I love how you put that because, number one, to start out with, they're muddying up the water. But the funny thing is their argument, uh, when they say, it's not this, well, that's exactly what it is. Right. And they're saying that what and they're saying and you're spreading misinformation. And, you know, that's the, the key thing today. Right. Isn't it? Uh, well, we want to well, be. You know, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because for them, the truth is misinformation. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says in the last days, good will be evil, evil, evil will be good, light will be dark, dark will be light. Well, for them, oh, that's misinformation. When you talk to them, it doesn't even equate to them. When you when you speak or debate the issue with them. Uh, they are, they'll accuse me of the very thing that they're doing, but they don't see it on them when they wear it. Well, they, they project it. It's absolutely yeah. remarkable, convoluted thinking. Well, we've said a lot on this program that these things that really don't make a lot of sense, it's because it is spiritual, and this, is, a, this is an attack. This is a spiritual attack, and we need to look at it that way and have compassion on people who are deceived and right. and realize that the they that you're talking about in California is actually a very small number, and we we need to understand that we can clarify what is accurate and ask Californians to draw a line, even people who are completely pro-choice and have always been on that side, to really say, do you really believe that for any reason at all, uh, an unborn child can be, can, the life can be taken away right up until the moment of birth? Do you really believe that for any reason? Not life, not extreme reasons, but just because I've decided I don't want to have a baby anymore. Well, I, I tell you, brother, well said. And um, on our staff at church, we've got a beautiful family who their baby was born at 22 weeks. Mm, and yes. that baby was was one of the miracles, you know, the, that's a, that 22 weeks, 23 weeks, that's insane. That little guy now is running around church, he's five years old, and he's absolutely perfect. Me, on the other hand, I'm 64 years old, but I, I'm a survivor of a failed abortion. And so people might say, well, you know, that's you weren't viable. Well, wait a minute, viable to who? My dad didn't want me, and my mom was terrified to keep me. So who determines what viable is? Right. I, I thought I thought we live in an age where, when a 22 week old kid could be born. He's the size of a Barbie doll, and that kid can survive. Who determines viability? But God only, and that's the problem. People are stepping in and they're pretending to be a god and make determinations for this great state. But we, the people, must know science. We must know what is ethical, and we must know what's biblical. And we just need to act on that trinity of truth. And, Scott, if we do that, I think God's going to honor our efforts to do the right thing. But God help us if yeah. we sit silent. 
I agree, Jack. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. My guest is Jack Hibbs. And Jack, another side of this, and in just the last uh, minute or two here we've got, is that California is also, and we're the only state, I believe, doing this, of 49. We are moving to um, bring people from other states where abortions might be restricted. Mm -hmm. All states, I think, they're restricted in this way, okay, Um, to come here and have abortions where taxpayers will pay for it, although we might be reimbursed by insurance and other things. What's the motive for that? Why why would taxpayers pay for people to have uh, these abortions done in our state? Yeah, well, number one, you're talking about SB 107. Number two, if taxpayers knew what Sacramento was doing with SB 107, they probably wouldn't allow it. That's right. And SB 107 is this. Again, Scott, your, your listeners are going to think I'm nuts. If this bill passes in California, it's sitting on the governor's desk. If it sits long enough, it automatically goes into law. So here's the deal. If there's a 14-year-old girl, 14-year-old girl in Louisiana, she's pregnant, or she wants to have a gender alteration procedure, either surgically or by hormones. She wants to become a boy. She can run away from home without parental consent. She can leave home. She can get on a Greyhound bus or an airplane. California, I'll pay for it. Scott and I, we're going to pay for it. She's going to be put up here in the state. She's going to go through her process while her parents are calling the FBI, trying to find out where their daughter is, and She'll be in California having hormonal replacement to become a boy or, or something else, genital mutilation or surgery. And who in this state has ever thought that California or any state would pass a law that would reach its tentacles with its murderous agenda into 49 other states to tell a kid, hey, you want do you want to come to California? Yeah. It won't cost you a dime. Just sneak out of the house. Your parents don't need to know. This this is above and beyond parental notification. You don't have to say a word to them. Come on, we'll take care of you. There this are, is insane. This is insane. But this is this is going on. There is a attack on parents in all kinds of different uh, realms and different subjects. And maybe Jack will have you on another time to talk about uh, those issues a little bit further. People in California, if you're a voter, you're going to get your ballot in the mail in nine days or thereabouts. You'll be able to vote right away. Do not do not just toss that thing aside or think my vote doesn't count. It does count. There's no excuse for not voting in California right now. And if you're not registered, you can register all the way up till the 24th of October. Please do that. Um, Jack, for for Prop 1, for people maybe who just tuned in, can we explain it again just just very simply – what does a yes vote mean for Prop 1? What does a no vote mean for Prop 1? And why are we asking people to vote no? Yes enshrines in the California state constitution that a baby can be murdered after birth, up to and after birth, undesignated time after birth. A no vote will kill it. A no vote sends a message where our state constitution will not be amended so that we do not enshrine abortion murder into our state law. And you can find out more about that and let everybody know by going to stopprop one, the number one dot com. Stopprop one dot com. And if people who think that this is too far, and clearly our rapid simple says so, uh, you must vote as Scott is saying. You've got to register, you've got to vote, don't sit it out. 
Don't sit this one out. Right. This is for everything. And you need to know, even if you're pro-choice, you're on that side, a no vote doesn't end abortion. It just keeps it the same as it right. is, and it keeps restrictions on the late-term abortions as they are currently in our state, and you need to know that. Pastor Jack Hibbs, thank you for being on our program today on Southern California Live. Thanks for what you're doing, my friend. Thank you, Scott. God bless you. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today from 3 to 5 each and every day like we are together. Right now, I have a guest in the studio. It's Pastor Steve Wilburn, and you know Pastor Steve. He's the senior pastor of Core of uh, Core Church in Los Angeles, and he's on KKLA every evening, shortly after this program at 5.30 yes. to 6 every single day. Welcome, Steve. Well, you know, Scott, so glad to be on your program once again, you yeah. know, and congratulations. You've been doing a great job. I listen to you often. So Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're having a great time, and I listen to you on the way home. So, uh, <laughs> Well, there that? you go. Yeah, it's a payback. You <laughs> it know? is. It is. It is. Well, it's great to have you. It's great to be here with you today. You know, one of the subjects that is, it's a huge subject, and we've been talking a lot on this show about inflation and how it's affecting people and how it's real. You know, uh, highest inflation on food, basic items, in it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. I'm going, I'm I'm at Costco the other day and I've been buying the, like the big box of oatmeal, right? It's been like $8.95 forever. For years. For years. Okay. $8.95 for the big, you get like two packages in there, you know, whatever. It's twelve ninety five. It didn't go up like a dollar. It didn't right. go up like two dollars. Like it went up four bucks. I'm like, is this pesos? Is this yen? No, this is American dollars. Twelve ninety five. I'm just like going, this is crazy. I've watched that same kind of thing. Must be a pastor thing to go to Costco. You get a relationship oh, with the absolutely. Sample and, you know, you get... Oh yeah, yeah. I scarf the whole time. I'm like I'm like grazing as I eat. you know, I'm just eating everything inside. I find that out maybe that's a good way to save some money. You can oh, just instead of going out to lunch, just go to Costco. Oh, that's what I do. If it's before a good holiday, you get ham and potatoes and dessert and a vegetable whole meal oh exactly and i i double dip i'm just letting you know i mean i if something's good i go back again and again yes my problem is is that i'll do that and then then i'll be convinced and i'll buy it well that's true well that's well that's what they want you to do so yeah i guess that's okay but then i go home with a vat of uh, hummus and my wife's like this was not on the list it's it's a win-win situation and that hummus used to be 595 now it's 1295 right it's it's crazy crazy yeah so it's a big deal it's a big deal for every person and everybody's affected by it and the thing is is that the the poorer you are the more you're you're feeling it yeah but there's also something that i think is is true and i know that that you know this and we probably deal with it all the time for for some of us the reason we're feeling it so badly is because we're not really managing our our finances what we've been given that well. Yeah. You know, I was talking the other day about how somebody came to the church for they wanted help with her rent and we always say okay, we'll do that but we're first going to figure out where the money's going. Exactly. And she was spending $700 a month at Starbucks and uh, going out to eat and that was what her rent was. Her portion of she was single, it was a portion of her rent 700 bucks a month. You're like, no, actually we're not going to help you with that, but we're going to save you $700 a month. Yeah. Well, we do the same thing, Scott, at Core Church. You know, people come in and we just don't hand money out because it's like, what has got you into the position where you are today? And if we help with the rent today, is that just putting a Band-Aid 
on the real problem. That's right. And so that's why we've decided to do an event at Core Church Los Angeles. This has actually been on my heart for quite a while. And when they approached me here at KKLA about this, it was something that really spoke to my heart because I understand financial management from a personal standpoint. Because when me and my wife uh, first got married decades ago, we been married 43 years it's like but i just want to point out i'm still in good shape okay you know i live in california they let you get married in kindergarten here but anyway you know anything flies but i remember i was always making tons of money because i was working in construction i was just making all kinds of money but i didn't have any money to show for it i was a really poor steward of my finances so we moved back east to serve the lord to help start a church and oh my goodness we went just crashed and burned like it was like mayday mayday because i had no budget no anything and all of a sudden we're living in a very expensive area right outside of washington dc and i was making half the money i was making here and so we literally went into the financial woodshed i as i say and we had to get disciplined on management of our money because i was a horrible manager of god's money we have mm. to understand that everything that we have is a gift from god even the gift that enables us to work you know people have right. intellect they have the ability they have skill they have all of these things well, what, did you decide in the womb that you were going to have an intellect to do what you do today? I mean, God gave us that. I, I used to lay hardwood floors for a living, and I became really good at what I did. But how did I become that craftsman? It was because God gave me the ability, the know-how. I was always praying. I was a believer when I was working in construction, and I was always asking God to help me. And I learned so many things by being a Christian. Like, I believe that the Christian should be the highest paid person at every job. Why? Mm. Because you're not calling in sick when you're not sick. <laughs> you're that's, not. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way it should be, right? That's the way it should like, be. Employers should be going, I want to hire that Christian person, exactly. even if I'm not too sure about their Jesus, but they're that, honest. They don't call in sick when they're not sick. That's right. They work hard. They work their time. That's That should be our testimony at work. Exactly. And so if I have a Christian working at a place and they come to me and it's like, everyone's getting promoted, but me everyone's getting it's like well i have to ask you well, what kind of a worker are you are you outworking everyone mm. i came on early on in my life as a christian to you know colossians three seventeen three twenty three that says do everything you do as hardly as under the lord yeah and so i always worked i figured in construction there's so many people that cut corners like hey they don't build houses like they used to back in the day I didn't want to be that guy. So I did the highest quality workmanship. I learned how to do it right first, and then speed came later. Instead yes. of trying to do it fast first, I had the least amount of repair work out of everyone at our company. Uh, I made the most money. I was working in construction back in the early 80s, and I was in the union. So you made union scale. That's what union scale was. But my boss was paying me $4 an hour over union scale. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get that? It's like, well, I went in and asked for a raise because I was doing so much more than everyone else, and he recognized it. Because every work order that everyone did, there was a percentage in the bottom right corner. It was like, what's the percentage of profit we made on this job every work order the boss looked at everyone i had out of 130 installers i had the highest percentage of everyone so when i went in to get a raise i was only thinking like hey maybe he'll pay me a dollar an hour over scale but he gave me a four dollar an hour over scale so 
Everything that I've done from selling construction equipment to what have you, I was always making the most because I outworked everyone. But see, that should be the Christian's attitude. Right. You know what? I think I think this is important in an era that we're losing our work ethic. You know, the the kids today, one of the big things it's called quietly quitting. That's you know, right. What this is. We yeah. had a we had that as a subject a couple of weeks ago and lots of young people called and the idea of quietly quitting is basically saying I'm going to work the least amount that I really need to. That's right. And there, you know, behind it, some people are saying, well, I want to spend more time with my family. And do, there's some attitude that's like, okay, you got to have the right balance. But an awful lot of it is, hey, I'm just not going to work hard. I'm going to do the minimum. The reason it's called quitting, it's that's not right. quietly succeeding. It's not quietly that's working right. diligently. It's quietly quitting. It's, I'm going to do as little as possible. And that's becoming the work ethic. Employers know it. And it's bad. It's really bad. I remember when I was uh, running uh, an equipment division, we were uh, number one in sales uh, for skid steer loaders, number one in sales for uh, air compressors, and number two for shooting boom forklifts in all of North America. I had 30 people working for me. And I remember this one guy I was firing, and he said to me, you can't fire me. And I said, well, why is that? He said, because you're a Christian. I said, it's because I'm a Christian I'm firing you because you don't work. I need people that will work, and you mm. don't. And so this is why we're doing this event at Core Church Los Angeles. We're going to do it on October 1st. It's gonna, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, and we're calling it the Discipline of Money Management. And you know we're going to be looking at disciplining ourselves in what God has given to us because we are stewards of everything that God gave us and gives us. And so when I was in that woodshed that I was talking about earlier back east, well, I was there for three and a half years, and we were down to where we were praying because we didn't have enough money for food, for groceries. We would actually find food on our doorstep after praying. But the Lord took us down to next to nothing. We were buying clothes for our kids at the thrift store. Hmm. But when we learned, I chopped up all the credit cards, no more buying things on time. We came down to a point where if we're going to buy something, we're going to pay cash for it. And so we would pray about every purchase. And then that's when the Lord brought back. And then I got a new job. That's where I started making more money I ever made in my life. But we never changed the disciplines that we learned there, that we would have maybe a car payment and a house payment. But out of that, we would not put anything on a credit card that we didn't pay off at the end of the month. And we just started living in this way. So then when I started making tons of money when I was uh, the equipment manager, it's like I never changed the way that I was living. And we always put the Lord first in our tithes and our offerings. And you realize with God, it's like, you know, people will talk about tithing at a church and everything, but it's like people will say, well, we can't afford to tithe. And I just say, you can't afford not to tithe, you know, it's like, because you can never outgive God. And it's not that God needs our money. Cause when I first learned about mm, tithing, I'm right. thinking, well, that's not going to happen. I'm not giving 10%. But then I realized God doesn't need our money. That's and right. it's really about discipline and it's about obedience to the Lord. So in this event here, Scott, what we want to do is we want to talk about different subjects. You know, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of buying versus renting. Like which one's better? Well, it all depends. We're going to look at the pros and cons of that. We're going to look at how to invest. Should we invest? Should we have savings, bonds, all these kinds of things? What is the best way to do this? We're going to also look at responsibilities of biblical stewardship with our finances. You know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11 too, divide your 
portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. So we shouldn't have all of our eggs in one basket. So we're going to look at all a, a plethora. A whole bunch of things. Now, we're going to take a little break and we'll come back. We'll talk about it. But this is going to be uh, coming up here very shortly at Court Church, Los Angeles. It's a free seminar that uh, KKLA is putting on Saturday, October 1st. Doors open at 9 o'clock. Go to KKLA.com to learn more. And and, uh, it's called the Disciplines of Financial Management Seminar. And uh, go to KKLA.com and click the banner for that. I'll be right back with Pastor Steve Wilburn when we return. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be right back. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow. I'm with Steve Wilburn, pastor of Core Church Los Angeles. And we are talking about financial management and how important it is for Christians to get a hold of this. And you know what? I know that many of you, and I'm going to say at least 70%, I think is the statistic. You are in debt to Visa and MasterCard, and you owe them your life. Maybe you haven't realized that yet. And I've been there before, and I know, Pastor Steve, you've been there before. Oh, buried. And when the Bible says that the debtor is slave to the lender, that's true. I've lost years of my life, I think, because of the stress, that debt that I one time had, which I no longer have. And it's part of my, my testimony and the failures, but I had to really trust God and buckle down and do really hard things and drive a really crummy car and do a whole lot of stuff to get out of it. But I want you to know that you can get out of it and that the burden and the stress that's on you is, is something that the Lord wants to take away, but he wants you to trust him and do what you're called to do. Steve, you know, when you think about it, we were talking about tithing a minute ago and people struggle with that and struggle with giving. A big part of it is that they owe too much money. That's right. And it comes down to you spend more money than you make. And that's just the bottom line. That's what I used to do. I'm sure that's what you used to do. You, you yeah. make more. And, and of course, the credit card companies know this. And that's why they make the accessibility to credit cards so easy. You I got it just, in college, right? And yep. I'd fill out the credit card form and I got free water bottles and free t-shirts and all kinds of free cool stuff. That's right. And, uh, you know, didn't really think about it until I was in trouble. Yeah. And what people don't realize is the interest rate on... Oh. Credit cards is probably averaging 27 to 30% right now, maybe even more. Uh, That's an unbelievable amount of interest. And so what ends up happening is, you know, you ring up always more than what you thought. Like, it's almost like after Christmas, you're thinking like, oh, I spent $2,000 and you realize, oh, no, you spent $4,500 or whatever. It's like you spent double what you thought or you're on vacation and you're just throwing the card out and you're thinking, yeah, I think we put about probably 1800 bucks on our credit card. No, you put thirty. $600 on your credit card. At least. Yeah. And so you're just like, oh my goodness. So then you get the bill and the bill is your payment is, you know, $480 or whatever, but you can make a minimum payment of $93. Yeah. Right. And what they don't tell you are $26 or $12, you know, and now they have to put it on there. But if you continue to pay the minimum payment, it'll be 693 years before this is paid off. Meaning literally, yeah, like, like it could, you're not even exaggerating. You no, will never pay it. You will never pay Ever. it off. It's almost like the, you know, our deficit here, you know, the debt, I should say, you know, we have a $31 trillion debt in America. They said that that's every single human being in America. We're not counting all the ones that got in for free here and uh, the border, but that's a whole other subject. But it's like every child. Yeah, I have, I have 11 grandkids. It's like they all owe $97,000. Like, like it's a debt that will never pay off. So when you 
you have credit cards and you have them rung up to the moon, it's almost like the same thing. It's like, how could I ever pay this off? And so I was in that position. So this is what I did. Number one thing you have to do with a credit card debt is you have to stop spending. Yes. Like, like you just have to stop. And so we went on a moratorium. I told my wife, we can't go out to eat. We can't, we're not going out to eat. We tore up the credit cards and that's it. So you have to start attacking these things. Now, now there's some kind of cool creative ways that you can help get out. Like number one is there's a ton of different credit cards out there and many of them will give you 0% interest for the first 12 points. (laughs) So when you're paying 30% on one, you need to like get this other credit card and transfer that amount, which they allow you to transfer if it's with a different company. Right. You know, like I have a Southwest credit card, a United credit card and you know, Marriott credit card, but they're all through the same bank. So you got to get a different bank, you know, but when they give that 12%, man, you got to jump over to the 0%. But I want you to know, Scott, I haven't paid any credit. I mean, any interest, let me say, no interest on a credit card for the last 35 years. Oh, that's great. That's how long it's been. Right. No interest whatsoever. Now I use credit cards all the time. I use them every single day, but I never, ever not pay them off at the end of the month. So that means I keep a rally. Mm -hmm. I keep a... a, a number in my head and I know what it's going to be every month and I, I'm very disciplined to <laughs> yeah. that and so I always pay it off. I do the same thing but the way I make sure that I do it is I go online and I, I pay it twice a month just in case I forget. Yes. Right? So I'll pay yes. it on the 30th and I pay it on the 15th every month. Whatever the balance is. The whole That's thing. That's right. And the thing is is that if you can't do it then you're spending too much. That's right. If you can't do it or you're afraid you can't do it you're spending too much. Yes. And uh, I think we were talking uh, you know at halftime there and you were just saying how uh no actually you did it in the last segment you were talking about the gal that came in to the church and 700 bucks a month yeah 700 bucks a month you don't realize how much those coffees you know like you go in for a tall you know latte and it's you know it's five six bucks yeah and it's like you're doing that every day okay so that's oh but i only do it when i'm going to work okay that's thirty dollars a week every week times 4.3 weeks in a month right. okay so it's 130 bucks a month like there's a hundred and thirty dollars for your latte and then you start thinking like well i go out to get lunch every day okay well you it's pretty hard to even eat anywhere you know in and out taco bell whatever you're yeah. going to spend 10 bucks to 12 bucks times five is 55 60 dollars a week times 4.3 weeks is it's almost 200 it's bucks. very expensive so yeah. see we only have a couple of minutes left here and you know people are hearing this and you know when i was in this situation it, this conversation gets overwhelming because i knew yes. i was in trouble yes there's help there's help. there is help we're That's here right. to help you and That's right. i want to tell you about that steve's going to tell you about that because at core church los angeles coming up here in just a couple of weeks there's an opportunity for help it's free and uh, Steve, tell us about that, how people can be yes. involved in what we're going to do for people. Well, it's called the Discipline of Money Management. It's going to happen on Saturday. So that's just right around the corner here, Saturday, October 1st. Uh, doors open at 9. It'll, it'll, the event is 10 to 12, 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We have multiple speakers talking again on the discipline of money management. It's discipline. It's getting started. And it's like, where do I start? You could be totally overwhelmed. I get it. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, why don't you come out? It doesn't cost you anything. We're not charging you. We want to help you. We're going to give you stewardship tactics on managing. And if you don't start now, 
then when are you ever going to start? That's right. Don't so, be embarrassed. That's right. Don't be embarrassed. Most people, almost everybody, even people yes. who are really wealthy, they're in the same predicament you're in because we all tend to overspend. That's right. All of us do that. So please join me October 1st. It's going to be on a Saturday morning from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. Come out for, again, learning, stewardship, the tactics. You are going to be talking about the biblical disciplines of stewardship in our finances. We're going to talk about car loans. Like, it's not just about buying a car. It's not about just how much the car costs. It's like, well, what's the finance rate? You know, it's like, it's not like, well, I'm going to buy this payment. No, don't ever buy a car on a payment because they'll just add another year or two to the length of the loan. It's like, these are things you have to think about. So you could say, well, I got the car that I wanted for $300 a month. Well, it's for 25 years, okay? So so you have to go into it with like, I'm going to buy this much purchase price at this interest rate, which is going to put me at this payment for only so long. These are the things that we want to talk about to help you and encourage you as believers in Christ. And it's really about help. And, and, you know, both of us, Steve and I sitting here, we've had our own personal issues in this in the past. We got past it. I think we're great people to talk about it. I'm going to be there. There's going to be some other people sharing. Yep. And uh, you know what? I know. I used to play all kinds of games. You know, I would draw a line through all the numbers in the bottom of my check because I knew it took an extra day for that to go through the bank back in the day. And uh, I'd pay off one credit card with another. And it was horrible. It was a horrible way of life. And uh, the Lord convicted me and hammered me pretty good to get out of it. But I am, and I'll tell you what, it is the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing because, uh, you know, as a pastor of a church, uh, number one counseling in most churches is marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Number one issue in marriage counseling is finances. And just think if you alleviate that problem of just the financial burden and living as a wise steward. And let me tell you, when you decide to say, God, I want to do things your way. I want to be a wise steward of the finances that you give me. I am a steward over all of this. And you become a wise steward for the Lord. He will bless us and he will help you get out of the financial hole. I used to say, man, I'm like in quicksand. People would say, there's no quicksand in California. Well, congratulate me because I found some. It's financial quicksand. We want to get you out of that. So please come out October 1st, Saturday morning, 10 to 12, for our Disciplines of Money Management at Core Church, Los Angeles. And to sign up, it's absolutely free. Go to kkla.com, kkla.com. Just click the Disciplines of Financial Management uh, banner. It's right there on the front. It's uh, from 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and uh, sponsored by Gold Financial Group. Um, And the doors open at 9 it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a nice time together, and I look forward to seeing you. Pastor Steve, thank you for being here. Hey, God bless you, Scott, and I knew I'd get you at our church somehow, somewhere. I'm so excited to be there. I really am. Everybody, thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Thank you, Steve Wilburn, for being here. By the way, Steve will be on this station, KKLA, at 5.30 today, so check him out there. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.